Hey there, it's Susan Bradley, and you are on the roadmap to 50K. Now today I have a guest who's going to take everything you thought you knew about pricing your product and turn it upside down. And you're gonna love it because it's gonna make you a lot more profitable. So buckle up, you'll meet her on the inside. Let's just get to it. Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores, where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast-track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So, buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Well, hey there. Welcome back, guys. I have a really uh, special guest with me today, and I'm so excited to have her here because she's going to give you some some help on pricing, some information on pricing, answer the burning questions you have, which are basically, how am I going to make a profit? When I am manufacturing my own product, how am I, how am I really going to make a, a profit on this? And our guest today is Nicole DiRocco. She is the founder of Nicolita, is it Nicolita Swimwear? Yeah, Nicolita Swimwear. Nicolita Swimwear. She launched this business. She has so much experience. She launched this business in 2003. She has, she's famous for a no pinch fit line of bikinis that solved the problem of the little, you know, the little muffin top that hangs up. <laughs> the dreaded top. muffin top. Yeah, the <laughs> dreaded muffin top. Since she's launched her business, she has been featured on CNN. She's been featured on NBC. She even got a deal with a billionaire, and I'm going to say this name properly, I hope, Tillman Fertitta on the hit show Billion Dollar Buyer. She has uh, sold to Nordstrom. I think you've sold to in independent boutiques. You have done manufacturing and you're here to share what you know with us. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to yeah. chat with your community too and your listeners. Yes. And you are an Inner Circle member. Yeah, I am. Exciting. I'm, I, I'm blown away, honestly, oh. Susan. I am really, really blown away. Oh, thank what you, you provide what you're doing at the membership like as a membership is amazing. It mm. really, really is amazing. And it's so different from, you know, I feel like we're kind of similar in the way that I'm not just teaching people how to launch a product line. I mean, you are giving them the core business pieces that they don't people, when people go to school for fashion design, they don't, they don't really have that business yeah. key piece. I went to business school. So I feel like I had to learn the fashion piece, but that's only 20% of the business. Yeah, the business. No kidding. The design. <laughs> That's the fun that. part. So that is the fun part. Can you tell uh, everyone who's listening, and you kind of know who our members are since you are in there? Can yeah. you tell everybody uh, how you got to where you are? Because eighteen years is a long time. So yeah. just give us the uh, you know just give us the milestones along the way. Let us know how this all rolled out for you. Yeah. So I never sought out to becoming a swimwear designer. But when I was in college, I tinkled around with my grandmother's sewing machine. I started making sorority outfits for the big events. I made a little handbag out of my dorm room and then got stopped by so many people. I feel like it's the story of the common fashionpreneur that they make something and then people are like, I want one. I want one. I want one. So set up shop in my sorority house, sold 2,000 handbags out of my dorm room that year in college 
And by the next year, I did my feasibility in my entrepreneurship program and realized this thing is not feasible. I am not charging enough money for bags that I'm making by hand in my dorm room. I ended up getting a sewer. And even at that price, I was really giving them away for free without even knowing, even though I made $40,000 out of my dorm room, I had nothing to show for it. Oh man. And it was like, wait a second, there's something not right here. So within that end of the year and I was graduating, um, there was something else that I had really wanted to do. And every year I'd go on spring break, the highlight of the year, go get a new bikini, (laughs) go into the, go into the store. And like the bikini was like, okay. And just a couple more weeks after finals, we are going to go on spring break. But I had the hardest time finding bikinis. It would dig into my hips. If it was too small, it was too small. If it was too big, it was baggy. And you know, the, in the bottom, like the the PIP, the, the POO in pants. Yes. That was a term (laughs) that we all, that we all knew very, very well in college. And I was just frustrated. I was just that, you know, the frustrated consumer. And I'm like, I don't know anything about swimwear, but I'm going to figure this out. I think that's like one of the first things to uh, this whole business is you got to have, you got to want this. You got to want to find the solution for people that are struggling. So I just changed my industry standards of swimwear. I saw people were not changing the standard hip size, width size. And there's girls that are curvy like me. I'm Cuban. I'm Latina. Not that my whole thing was, you know, just solely in that, that Hispanic niche, but I know a lot of people else that were there. You're experiencing this as me. So yeah, that's really where it all started. And then I, I want to do this. Like I sold a bunch of stuff in my, to my friends and family. And I'm like, I think I'm onto something. I said, I need a big buyer. I need big production numbers. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get into Nordstrom's. I just, I, that's, <laughs> that's it. I called 411. How do I sell bikinis to you guys? Got transferred 20 times to the buyer, pitched her on the phone with no line sheet, no, nothing else but my story. No showroom. No showroom. <laughs> Hi, I sell, I make bikinis. How do I sell one? How do I sell to you? Get on a plane, come up to San Francisco and show me the line. I mean, I think she, it just, maybe she was in a good mood, but yeah. <laughs> whatever it was, I landed the deal and I worked with the department stores for four years, opened up Dillard's and then just like fate, just figured it out, built a business, built wow. a bikini business. Yeah. Wow. So cool. And then, and you're really good, obviously at getting press because a billion dollar buyer. And you told me you had a little uh, TV documentary too. Well, not that little, it was an hour long and you were nominated. It was nominated for an Emmy. That's pretty amazing. So you are, you are good at the uh, getting in front of people, part of this business. Yeah. I think it's the authenticity that sets us apart. And if we can feel and talk about what we're feeling and convey the emotion, you, your, your foot will get in the door in so many more places. And if you feel scared to talk about it, if you don't know what to say, I I understand how that could feel when we can connect to what we really want. What's our bigger vision. I know mission vision, people play around with those things, but it's so true. Connecting with that opens the doors. Wow. Opportunities. So let's talk about, let's, uh, let's talk about pricing and profit and how not only is it incredibly hard to break into this business for sure. And you've done that. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that once you get there, 
uh, and you get that big order from Nordstrom's or you get boutiques to carry your line or you have your own website and you're starting to drive traffic to it. I think that what happens is that a lot of people are surprised at how hard it is to be profitable. So can you talk a little bit about uh, costing, the common mistakes people make and how you resolve some of those things and how you end up building a fashion business that is profitable for you? Yeah. I mean, I really believe that one of the biggest mistakes that most undiscovered fashionpreneurs, online e-commerce stores that are starting out is that they don't cost or price for profit. They cost to double their cost. (laughs) They cost to what they think is supposed to be their price. And um, unfortunately, there's a bigger picture that they're missing and they don't create opportunities to scale. When, right. When they do that. And I, I understand why, because they think, okay, cost me $10. I'm going to charge 20. And I feel good about that. I feel good that I'm making my money back. But what about the overhead? What about how many times you went to go pick up the fabric, the back and forth? What happens when you have to replace yourself to grow your business? And you never thought about the employee that you have to have the right hand, all those things. It's like, well, I'll figure it out later. I'll figure yes. it out when I grow. I'll I'll change my pricing there now, but that could really hurt you in the long run because, and I get it at the beginning, you're like, how much, um, I don't even know what this is going to cost. I'm just going to guess, but pricing is not, it's not guessing. It's not, um, it's not a strategy. Pricing to guess is not a strategy. Right. That's just setting yourself up to not make money. So if I'm somebody, I can think we have several people in the inner circle. I'm someone who uh, is a maker, makes my own product, uh, but I'm actually, so we, I would, I would have lots of people I could name who are like, oh, I'm so glad that uh, Christmas shipping deadline is passed because I'm laying in bed at wake at night wondering how I'm going to produce all this stuff. And so those people who are making their own product, they're, probably not valuing their time at replacement value. What are the steps they can take to to correct that and think about how they're going to scale their business? Well, I feel like there's really three main selling models. One, you have a product on one side and then you have your customers. Now there's three different ways that your customer could really get this product. One is what a lot of people do is they sell direct. That's I, I used to have purse parties at houses where yeah. I go, someone would host it and then they'd go buy, buy the product. And yeah, I can make money there, but that's my time. That's how am I going to scale it? I got to schlep all, all of those things. You know, there's the pros and cons. Now, the second model that, um, we have is obviously going into boutiques. And so you sell to a wholesaler or retailer, and then they resell it to your customer that walks through their, their doors that's a different price. That's a different model altogether. And then third, I would say that there is the distributor to the wholesaler to, you know, to your final customer, to their store. So if we already know that there's three different models, and if I know that in order for me to increase my production, I need to be thinking in a bigger way from the beginning. Yeah. I need to be thinking as if I'm on the same stage that I could sell to a Nordstrom's, to a sex. And this is, this is someone that has the business cap on of, I know I don't want to, unless you love sewing and unless that is your passion and that's where you want to be, how are you going to grow the business? That's right. the piece that we have to think about. 
So if I'm, if I'm looking at that, you know, we cannot have multiple prices and different selling strategies for each one of these customers. We have to be able to unify it. And if you want to grow your business, one of the easiest first steps to think about is pricing your product and your cost as if you were going to wholesale it. Okay. I think, I think this is one of the easiest things that we all could be doing is pricing, assuming that you're going to be able to wholesale it on a retailer. Why do I believe that? Because now with the internet, people can go to Nordstrom.com and they can go to mynicolita.com and I can't have one price for my customer there and then expect to grow and scale my, my price or my product to Nordstrom's one day and price it differently. They have to make money. Right. So I think from the beginning, if we're thinking about scaling and growing our business, we kind of have to adapt a format of the wholesale retail model. Right. Because then you can sell it anyway and still be profitable. So what does that look like? So I, so what do I have to take into account that I I'm probably not, so say I'm at my sewing machine, I do the cutting. I might have one other lady that sews for me. Um, and I pay her by the piece, let's say, but I also do all the shipping Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I do the marketing. And so when I'm looking at that and, and I probably haven't even figured out what an hourly rate for me is, but how do I get in my head that wholesale pricing based on me having to go find an outside source of manufacturing? What, What do you recommend when you're thinking that way? Well, I mean, first, if I was just going to give you a basic wholesale formula, it's your cost. And I have a calculator too, that I would love to share with your audience. Oh, that'd be great. Um, just to give them a, I like to, I like to say that this is your budget. This is like, you can't just keep buying fabric and fabric. It looks pretty. It's sequins. That is $20 a yard, $11 a yard all over the board. You have to know where you need to start from because if we, if we can't figure out our price and our profit, the, the number one place we have to look at is our cost. Like okay. So you're talking cost of goods then cost of goods, because if I don't, if I can't have a, like a, you know, a range of what I'm allowed to spend, how many hours should it take my sewer? Maybe she's make, taking too much time. So maybe we need to figure out the pattern. Maybe we need to tweak you know, yes, you might have a design that looks amazing, but when we talk about production, we might need to remove a couple seams. We might need to, instead of having an overlock and a top, we might need to change it in order to make money and make it go quicker through production. I mean, there are a lot of points that if we can't control the, you know, one area is we want to control the cost really to be able to create this, make this formula work. So, so what would happen then? Say I have a, say I have a pair of leggings And so what I would need to do then is take this pair of leggings that I make in my studio and think, okay, what would I have to do to, uh, to make 1200 pair? So what can they, like, what would that, what fabric can we use? And what is that fabric? Like, I, I take it what you're saying is that how much can I afford if I, and realistically to sell 1200 pair, the cost price might be $20 and the retail might be 50. So mm-hmm. how much of that cost price really is going to be fabric? How much is labor? Is that how you do it? Yeah. So, I mean, the first, okay. So there's actually three steps. Yeah. That I the steps. 
<laughs> yeah. Let's get to the steps. Okay. But I mean, if we were looking at just the formula, the basic formula, it's your cost times 2.5. Like that's, that's the sweet spot that I like is your wholesale price. Okay. And then from wholesale, I do do another 2.5 to my retail. And I know that that is a wide range. However, I can work backwards. Mm-hmm. Making it more expensive is harder on the consumer than me working backwards to save them a little bit more. So I need to have, I need to have like a baseline. So how would I go about and do this? Step number one, who else is making this product? Where are they selling it? If my goal is to be on the stage at Nordstrom's or be one of the brands features on Saks, you know, where are my customers also shopping beside my store? Why do I want to know this? I I really want to know what's the playing field. What will the market bear? at that price, I might be thinking too small. I might be thinking, well, if it's less expensive, they're going to want to buy it because it's less expensive. People don't value cheap. They value, they value what they value. So like for instance, black one piece swimwear, if I go on Nordstrom's.com, there's, they're all over the board, $100, $80, $300. Hey, I've paid $250 for a black one piece. Yeah. If it sucks you in, it makes you look amazing. I will pay whatever that is, but what it values to your customer is so different. So if I could find something along the lines, very similar in features and benefits from a Nordstrom esque seller, I could see, okay, what's the average price? Okay. $150 for a suit. That's pretty comparable to where I'm at. Then I have a pricing calculator. They're going to enter in that price there. And I'll I'll show you this too, um, Susan, later. But they enter the price there. And then it will calculate backwards where your wholesale should be and a cost budget. Doesn't mean that's what it's going to cost, but this is giving you a budget. So for instance, let me... You're pulling up your calculator, aren't you? I wanted, yeah, I wanted to do this. You're talking about value pricing. Yeah, you're talking about value-based pricing and you're talking about rather than sitting there in your little cubby hole with your sewing machine, taking a look at where else your customers shop and what they're prepared to pay for similar items or items that fill similar items that fill their needs. Yeah. I mean, I, I design with blinders up. However, I always have one eye open <laughs> because I want to know what else is out. Maybe yeah. I'm not seeing a trend that I need to be on the cutting edge of with my own twist. Like you kind of have to have one eye open to what's going on, but staying true to where you're at with your, with your standout style, your signature piece of what makes you and your products unique. So that's where I start. I want to be able to see, okay, what are the top five brands that are being featured? I use Nordstrom's because they have such a great selection. It's a high-end apartment store, maybe you are trying to go a little bit lower end. So maybe you're going to look for more active. I mean, we're using swimwear because that's my wheelhouse, but yeah. maybe I'm more of like the pack sun kind of buyer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where my design, my customers are hanging out. So then I want to see, well, what's there? I can't sell $150, $200 swimsuit for that type of buyer more, most likely that's where I have to really be. Okay. Is my buyer really my buyer? Some people, sometimes we don't even know we what our buyer up. is actually is actually doing, you know, or who who they actually are. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna pull up this calculator for you right now. Yeah, that'd be great. And hopefully I can find it in a decent amount. Nothing of time like here. putting it on the spot. So will you give us the link to that, and then yeah. uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. 
Okay. So again, this is an estimate. This is for us to be able to have some type of a baseline without really knowing. So let's just say the suit that I'm looking at is between like $150 to like 130. And I feel like that's on average. We might even go a little higher for one piece. It depends what I have either. I'm sewing in like power mesh. I have tummy control. I have clasps, all those things make a big difference of how you can have your features and your benefits equal dollars and cents. Okay. So let's just so say in mean, retail price. So in, if yeah. they were to show up at Nordstrom's, this is the price that they would expect to pay. Yeah. So I have $145. I just entered okay. it into my calculator and it goes backwards. So your target wholesale price, this will calculate your estimated wholesale price. So it's $58 wholesale. of what yeah, because when we, th- when we think about department stores, you know, they need to be at least at a 60 to 70%. Yeah. I mean, Susan, you know more about this. I do. You know, I mean, they, exactly. they want That's- every <laughs> every percentage of your profit. Yeah. They'll charge <laughs> they you if you're day late delivering it. Yeah. So then, and then if you go the next step and it ready um, computes yeah. this out. So it's looking that I need to be at $23.20 $23. for my cost. Okay, so the suit ultimately sells for 145 on the market for mm-hmm. that kind of product for that kind of customer. $58 is the wholesale price. Mm-hmm. And then what was the cost price? It was I had it around my estimator told me I should cost or it should cost around $23.20. $23. And yeah. 2320. And so of that 2320, just because you're sewing it at a machine, that's not scalable. So what do you think the the labor percentage of a product yeah, I mean, that is? Labor is usually around 50 and I have another costing calculator that also um inputs it. Of course I do. (laughs) Inside the program. It's awesome. Um, But yeah, I mean, I usually think that it depends where you, okay, let me backtrack. Where are you going to make this? Yeah. You are making it out of your home. If you're making it with a production company. Um, I mean, I always feel, you know, as a CEO, I need to be able to be here, like visionary, up up higher, not in a sense of talking down to my team, but I need to be higher so I could think towards the future. And if I am sewing, although I know that's, that's yeah. how a lot of people are. Get started. To get started. Start. Yeah. To, to get start. And I did it with my grandma's sewing machine, but realized yeah. I'm not that good at it. <laughs> I need to hire someone. Um, you know, okay. So what would it, what would it cost me? And you could do this by Hey, if you already have a sample, start reaching mm-hmm. out to some factories. Yep. Get them to cost it for you. Just get it to cost it for you. You don't have yep. to figure out how many minutes yep. it takes you because and your time is too valuable. Yeah. And they'll cut, they'll, they'll cost cut and so, yeah. right? Yeah. It, yeah. Everyone. So if you're going to either go domestic or you're going to do full package overseas, you know, those yep. are the things to consider. So, yep. and obviously are you in, in alignment with your values, your core values, your mission, your vision? Is it Does it mean something to you to have it made in China versus Bali versus in your backyard? If that means something to you, then stay true to what means yeah. you, you know? And if it costs more than $23, raise your price. Yeah. So, and if it costs less than $23, yeah. then we can, then we can don't start lower your work. price. <laughs> That is true. I mean, yes, because it's, it's value pricing. It is value 
pricing and it's valued with a strategy because now we have an opportunity to hire some people. We have some room for that. And we also have margin to say, okay, well, if my department, say a department store all of a sudden a celebrity, where's your product? And then they're like, we need the product. And you all, you know, you get this magic order from a huge retailer. What are you going to do if you have not built in a wholesale? Right. You're you're in trouble. Take the order. Yeah. You can't You've already, you said you'll, the you'll bankrupt yourself. <laughs> yeah. So if we go back to this first idea of knowing the three different selling models, this future is inevitable for you. If you make the right choice today to build in a margin, mm-hmm. you could have more opportunities. Yeah. And, and be more flexible. And so, um, and so many people of course are selling online. They're selling their products online, uh, themselves and they're unable to take advantage of those opportunities because they already know that. And I, I see it all the time. People say, well, somebody's interested in wholesale and I can give them 25% off. And I was thinking, yeah, they're not going to take that. <laughs> There's just no way. And so you've put yourself in a box where you actually yeah. can't go ahead and, and do that. So that is super interesting. So you're really saying you have to put your head up out of your rabbit hole. You have to look around and see what people, the people who are your ideal customers are paying for products mm-hmm. and you have to price your products that way. That's super cool. Yeah. And when you do this too, and you know, and, and, and again, you wouldn't know unless you've experienced the, the, the hard, the hardships of growing. Mm-hmm. Growing means sometimes not to everybody, but more space. It means yeah. maybe your employees and all of a sudden you've already set a price for your product and where is the other money going to come from? Yeah. This doesn't magically like get generated revenue. So you're setting yourself up for success in so many ways. Also including three numbers that most fashion brands forget to include in their costs. They do a cost sheet and then they're like, Oh, but wait, I didn't include an overhead rate. How would you calculate your overhead rate? What do you, what do you use? Yeah. So, um, I, I did, I did a, my beta was actually this whole price, price to profit, the training that I did. And what I had them do is even if they didn't have a warehouse or we just did a full like, um, expense report and I tallied up what's a year's worth of expenses in mm-hmm. your business. And let's estimate you have an employee and you have a decent size office that you have to pay for. That's a variable now with working from home. But, but anyway, so we did that and then we divided that by, I think we divided that by 12. Mm-hmm. Your, um, no, sorry. You did your full, your full expenses divided by your estimated sales. And then we divided that by 12 and then we got this overhead rate and the overhead rate is like a, just a percentage that you can add to your cost to just get an idea for every dollar I spent, I think mine ended up becoming 18 cents for every dollar I spent in cost. It cost me 18 cents to run my business. Yeah. So, so that gives you that cushion and it makes it so much more real because if you really want to grow your business, you can't mm-hmm. work in your basement forever on your no. sewing machine. No. So even, even if you're just daydreaming, okay, maybe I'll get a thousand dollar a month office. Yeah. What is, you know, and just do a quick little, you yeah. know, or type of search and just daydream for a minute. What, what yeah. would it take? Or go to fulfillment center and stay in your home. I mean, right now we are almost hundred percent in yes, fulfillment. I, 
yeah, I mean, not for that. My, I still have bags. I know I said I sold all my inventory, but we still have bags that we are, um, that are in fulfillment and it's amazing to see that thing ship. And I didn't, and you didn't have to touch it. Yeah. So, okay. So really, if you are a maker and you want to uh, make sure that you're able to scale profitably, but also pay yourself because that is a thing you need to step one, figure out what market pricing is for your, uh, for your product. Step two, use the calculator that they can get from the show notes and figure out really what your budget is. And that's your budget to create a finished product. And don't forget to include your overhead costs, not necessarily your overhead costs for today, but if you had to, if you had to uh, rent uh, some space or if you had to pay, like for example, fulfillment is... Like, I don't know what I used to pay. I think it was $2.25 an order, and I probably had a good deal. But if you had to pay those things, uh, create an overhead cost and make sure that that overhead cost is part of your budget, part and parcel of your budget. And then what you know is that everything that you sell is going to be profitable. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the next step after that, I mean, if you are a maker and you already know it takes point to, you know, like the yield on the top self of the fabric. And you know, those numbers, we can get even deeper into a cost sheet and the cost sheet is really going to show you I'm spending way too much money on fabric. I need to find another vendor, my sewer. I need to negotiate my terms with my sewer. I mean, I, I got it. My heart goes out to people that cut and sew because I know the struggle of production when you get a when you get a landed price from a factory you just saved someone like thousands of hours of the production headache so but if you're able to really control your cost you can control the output now you might be saying you may maybe looking at this this calculator if one of the listeners you're like wow well that's really i really priced i'm not priced either anywhere near that or this might be out of my i can't i can't make it for that nicole that's okay. This is a budget. This is an estimator. You can always work backwards. Maybe your strategy is never to do wholesale, but why sacrifice a reasonable margin for you to only make a certain and not be able to grow your business? Yeah. You have to pay yourself. You have to get a paycheck. And if you're, you know, if you could go out and get a job in your field and make 75 or $80,000 a year, you can't price your product so that you're only ever going to make 30. Yeah. Well, what's the point of building, what's the point of building a right. fashion brand and business yeah. if it's not financially yeah. stable? So tell me, thank you for all of this. So tell me, yeah. uh, tell us what you're working on now because you, uh, you own a fashion brand still. You're thinking about your next steps, which is yeah. super cool, but mm-hmm. you have a program that you've put together. Yeah. To help so, people. Yeah. I mean, the sold out launch formula is something I've always taught to either people I've done consulting for corporations, um, private label for almost just as many years as when I even launched my product. It's funny when people find you and you're like, how on earth did you find, I'm not listed anywhere, but anyways, I put that together because what I've, what I've been able to create is a pre-sale model that it's a formula and it works but it really ties in the three ingredients that I think every successful sold out launch needs. And one is a signature story. If you can't talk about what your brand is, if you can't talk to what your, what your customer struggles are, 
it's very challenging for you to sell your product, especially being online. Yes. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Is your phone there. ringing maybe? <laughs> my, husband's, my husband's FaceTime. <laughs> oh, the but, joys of working at home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that, that, that I think is one of the most, cause I could, when I called Nordstrom's, I didn't have, I didn't send her a product. I didn't have a, I didn't have a line sheet to email her. I had my story. Mm-hmm. I had the passion. I connected, I aligned the moment. It's actually pretty cool. Cause I just, I'm, I just took these girls through this um, thing, but we really go through your whole journey from the moment before you even had the idea to the moment you had the idea. And we tap into what were you feeling? You need to be able to convey that, but in a storytelling format where it's interesting, it's interesting to press. How do you think all this press happened? It wasn't because my story was all over the place. I strategically aligned my story with my product and it's easier for anyone else to tell my story now. So that that's number one that is in this program. And number two, the other second ingredient that I think is really important is finding your standout product. We can't, we can't launch with a huge collection because our customers are going to be confused. Plus the financial burden that we have to put on ourselves with inventory, Mm -hmm. not necessary anymore. Listen up, everybody find your standout product in, especially online, right? Deep going deep on a few bestsellers is way better than going broad. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. You could launch with one product and maybe two colors, three and have a killer sale and, and sell out. And then the third piece is really the strategy. How are you going to talk to your customers, bring them along on this journey, let them inside being coming authentic, connecting. So we go through a whole phases of when to connect, when to engage and when to sell. So it's pretty powerful. Um, just seeing the transformations with a few of the members right now, they've like one even changed her whole material line because she realized it wasn't connected to her story. She was, she was saying, Oh, well, one day I want to launch with, you know, this nicer, it's like almost like a cashmere esque material for these leisure suits. And I'm like, well, why are we waiting? We have an opportunity to launch the product that you've always wanted. So th- that was a big deal for her. Cause she was just going to launch with something else that was just available because so- she felt she wasn't ready. She felt she wasn't ready. She felt she had a rush and obviously she's tapping into my resources, my uh, knowledge of how to source stuff. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I want her to, to launch the line and feel so confident behind what she's selling that the price isn't going to make a difference to somebody when they buy it. Right. They're going to, they're going to buy for the benefit. They're going to buy for how it makes them feel, how it makes them feel. Yep. I think so many of us forget that part of that piece and and not only just in our strategy, but also in our copy and our social media on our website, all those things. So in the signature story section, we, we map out your signature story and I have five key templates that they're literally, it's like almost mad lips. Like you just, you use the template as a starting point and you just fill in the blanks and you sound pretty professional. <laughs> like you sound like, you know, what you're talking about. And half the time we just don't know how to tell a story. No one really right. taught us how to tell a story right. in a concise way. And we always think people won't care. But it's yeah. Actually the opposite. Yes. 
Yes. Yes, they do care. So listen, thank you so much. So I think there are going to be some people that want to follow up with you. I'm so excited that you're giving us the calculator. That's great. We'll put that information and we'll put your contact information on the show notes. But if anybody wants to connect with you, where do they find you? Yeah. I mean, I love a good DM message. I'll voice message you back <laughs> if you have a question. You can find me on Instagram, Nicole underscore DI Rocco. Also fashionbizmentor.com is where the hub is. Come find me at the fast track, your fashion brand podcast. We talk about, Oh my gosh, stuff. you're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gotta be Susan, right? Look at you. You're everywhere. I love it. Oh. And the inner circle. Meet me in the inner circle. Yeah, tag for sure. Tag. Remember? We should tag you. I, I think it. we have, um, you know, we have a pretty strong uh, mem- uh, cohort of members that are makers. And so I think that this information that you've provided them today is actually going to be an eye opener for them. Yeah. Because I think that we don't, uh, we have tunnel vision and we don't ever think about pricing by value rather than by uh, times two times two and a half if you're feeling <laughs> you're feeling flush that day. So listen, thank you so much. I can't wait to hear what you do next. I hope you'll hop on into the group and share with us what you're working yes, on. Love to see thank that. You. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at the Roadmap to 50K and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way. And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the inner circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results. And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to the socialsalesgirls.com forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list. We will send you a lesson so that you can see what's waiting for you on the inside. And we'll also invite you to join us the next time we are open to take new members. So listen, friends, that's all. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. And I will see you next week.